Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi guys and welcome to the, another episode of the Snowcast. We're here, we've taken a day trip up to Kilkenny on the train from Waterford with a few cans of Yellow Belly Super Soaker on the way. Yellow Belly, Wicklow Wolf, Yellow Belly, Jesus. I nearly shafted Quincy there from Wicklow Wolf on the way, uh, on the train. And we've come up to Kilkenny today, we've come to Billy Burns Bar. We're out in the um, beer garden having a lovely pint. I think we've been, uh, we've been shoved out to the beer garden here because uh, the inside is full of communions. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, oh, communions and weddings and just a typical Saturday There's Kilkenny. more lads with jeans and brown shoes inside now. <laughs> Seriously, like, unbelievable. And a day in coppers, isn't it? Fucking lovely trip on the train as well. Uh, the old stop in Thomastown, we were editing a video for YouTube, Snowcast Taste, that's coming up in... Um, that going to be published before this podcast will be published hopefully so check that out and uh, we record those videos in Arkeen food stores and before we start the podcast just want to say with Arkeen they're actually uh, having us host an event next Saturday May 25th in Arkeen quality food stores to celebrate independent beer week so independent craft beer week where some of the best craft breweries from around Ireland are being celebrated for the week and Owen we're going to be hosting a tasting north south east and west of Irish beers and it's bilingual Trivana Gaelga August Osbeir La Coma yeah Shanae uh, yeah no I'm actually really looking forward to it we, yeah. we, uh, we're we're going to try and do it a bit, bit different again like we're not fucking beer aficionados or anything like we haven't, a, we haven't really a notion what we're talking about but uh we know what we like and we're like I think that's what uh, our team wants as well from us just to get a, a few guys who uh, like the, the layman's point of preference exactly yeah and just kind of give a few tastings so yeah come join us in Arkeen uh, so next, Satur- yeah, next Saturday Saturday yeah. 25th of May 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock in Arkeen stores we'll be there we'll be doing a showcase of some of the nicest Irish beers we'll be dividing them up in geographical location because uh, just why not why not and yeah. uh, if you want to have a, a talk to us about beer and Irish as well we'll facilitate that too uh, really looking forward to that and uh, people will be wondering why are these gobshites after taking a train up to Kenny like have they not have, have they been kicked out of every pub in Waterford <laughs> <laughs> to go far but we've come today because uh, basically 
One of, if not my favourite podcast, is run by um, Finn Dwyer of the Irish History Podcast, and he's based up here in Kilkenny, so we've come up to have a pint and a chat with him. So, Finn, uh, Irish History Podcast, you're very welcome to Snowcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a million for having me on, lads. Brilliant. Um, I basically the Irish History Podcast so we were t- chatting before we came on air um, so Owen's heard you appear on the Blind Buy Podcast I've listened to about six years worth of your podcast in two months <laughs> um, so just a little quick little chat about the Irish History Podcast uh, what's coming up with it how's it going yeah it's going really good um, at the moment I am trying to finish a series on the Great Famine that's been going on for about three years now and Nearly as long as the famine itself. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Uh, so, <laughs> so are they. <laughs> I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> so I know I'm trying to finish that series. So hopefully that will be wrapped up by the end of the year, and then next year I'm hopefully moving on to the War of Independence. Yeah. Can, can I ask you, right? You've come to have a point with us today. How much of a step down is that from going on the Blind Boy podcast? <laughs> 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 Do you think you're going backwards? Or? <laughs> no, no, this is the best setting for a, a recorded podcast in a beer garden you can't beat it yeah exactly. absolutely and, uh, how like that blind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that come about like the blind boy approach you or uh, yeah yeah he yeah he had contacted me over the years about different things in relation to history and he listened to the show and then he just contacted me about going on it so I wasn't going to say no to that I'm not going to ask for too much detail but have you seen him without the plastic bag in his face? I have oh I don't want to ask any more because I don't I, can't. I, don't, no, no, no. I presume that if you said any more you'd get sued or something but uh, I, I, I like I was a as if I wasn't a fanboy enough of yours you've seen blind boy without a plastic bag in his face I feel it could be kind of like a you know two-faced from Batman kind of situation yeah. like, <laughs> so you've seen him with half a plastic bag in his face <laughs> yeah. brilliant um, so basically I, I like having Finn from the Irish History Podcast on is brilliant um, and before we get into what we're drinking I just want a quick chat about it. so basically I didn't study history in school beyond the junior circuit yeah, I absolutely love history because I find the Irish education system doesn't do history justice and it's all a bit kind of boring and blasé or whatever so I was expecting Copen Finn I was expecting you'd have like a PhD in history and like you know <laughs> A1 in history and the leaving cert and all that but Rock actually in with yeah. tweed jacket leather, <laughs> leather patches yeah elbow patches on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, but it turns out that actually you're not you weren't originally a historian so this is all come back about organically so what's your take on Irish history education yeah like I don't think it's just Irish history education I think often the way history is taught is problematic either it's really low a lot of dates which takes a certain type of memory and generally no offense to historians but if you'd wonder about someone's like are they quite a boring person if dates yeah. is what you're interested in yeah or else it can be very academic where it's written in a language that you might need a third level education to read and that makes it really inaccessible whereas i like to think that i think the thing that interests a lot of people about the past is other human experiences like yeah. lives like ours and obviously they're very different in ways but I think that's a way we can relate to the past by looking at people rather than and telling events through people rather people's lives rather than in this day on this day that happened yeah, exactly. I'm not really sure even what does that tell us about the past well, I actually think I, I think that's very true so for me like for like I only studied um, history up to the junior cert like um, but for me like I think one of my favorite moments in uh, like in history was the Romans and uh, because the reason for that is because like in in history class 
they thought about taught you just about like the lives, you know. So it was just like, you know, here's what they did during the day, here are yeah. their activities, here's how the house is laid out. You know, it was just very normal. It wasn't a big event or anything. It was just like the Romans' lives in general, yeah. like you know. To put in the context how like insignificant Irish edu- are like the education systems in general are teaching history, why not until I listen to your podcast that I realised that Brian Brew actually died on that battle, like you yeah. know, he actually yeah, yeah. was killed after he won after won the battle and he yeah. was killed on the in the aftermath yeah. and you're kind of like that's something that's the kind of the most important part of that whole section of Irish history is that he actually died that day on the battlefield well away from the battlefield is important to, to the podcast yeah. and it's just kind of like Jesus Christ surely that's the most significant part of it all <laughs> you know the fact that all like Grant he, he did this amazing thing rising from nowhere and becoming like the high king of Ireland and blah 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 Actually, his greatest triumph was also his last act. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit, and that's kind of Irish history in a fact. Like anything we get somewhere, we get knocked back to. Isn't that kind of true? Like, yeah. Um, I find it very interesting your take on that kind of crack. Like. Yeah, I think there is a tendency, though, as well, and maybe it's kind of related to that, is that Irish history is often told through the prism of, say, nineteen sixteen. Yeah. So what everyone is always looking for is Irish leaders that yeah. are rising up against somebody and. Say with Brian Brew, but even though we've kind of been taught that story about Brian Brew, it doesn't really fit. Yeah. Like Brian Brew would not have seen himself like as some sort of early Irish nationalist. They didn't understand the world in no, that way. No, it was totally no. different. So obviously then, you know, maybe focusing on his death is not necessarily Exactly. The, the, yeah. What wants to be told is this kind of notion that he drove the Vikings out of Ireland, which is not true at all. Um and in, probably in his army on that day there was as many Vikings in his army as fighting and it's just this idea I think the, there's often a tendency in all the eras of Irish history to try and understand it through Ireland's like through 15-20 years of Irish history in the early 20th century yeah. and almost nothing else really matters well, it's, it's even not it's that, it's that one event like you're trying to nearly you know it's not it's not the build up it's not how we got to the battle like you know it's, it's everything you know beforehand like you know what I mean what I, what I find fascinating is, you mentioned 1916 there, the amount of, um, you talk about the social media culture, like the, in the information age, the amount of misinformation, this whole thing like Ireland's 100 years old in, 19, in 2016, that whole thing, yeah. that was my pet peeve of, of history yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. like no it's not, like it took another five years, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I wonder in 2021 will there be a similar, similar, similar celebration. Yeah, I, I, my feeling is that like the appetite for centenaries is going to wane, like, there'll be a bit of a fatigue and I think the government will not want to talk about the civil war Yeah. so maybe there will be an event yeah. like especially the, the free yeah. state and that will be it I don't think and because the civil war maybe is a lot more messy than a lot of people want to yeah. talk yeah. about and like there's war crimes or what we would recognise today as war crimes committed by both sides but particularly by the Irish free state yeah. and like some really horrific oh. stuff done and I don't think anyone is going to really like historians will talk about it but I don't think uh, you're not going to have like the local community in Bally yeah. going out to uh, uh, have a, a, a reconstruction of the, the massacre there and I think there may just be I think we've probably seen the height of them and yeah. I'm sure around the signing of the treaty there will be some event around that and then the, like the especially if you're the Gale power but they won't want to talk about yeah. what comes next and, yeah. and, and not to overly politicise it but I just want to say that like my favourite podcast that I've listened to yours so far because it's the most 
eye-opening one in terms of modern Irish history for me was the one where you spoke about the Free State and the, the stuff that happened after that. So do, I, 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 um, you probably did it a couple of years ago, so it's probably, I, I'm not sure if you even remember doing it, but um, I only listened to her last week, so that's why you me. But you talked about like basically how, say, like Countess Margaret, the first woman voted to yeah. the Member of Parliament, and all of a sudden like all her rights were stripped in the, basically in the immediate aftermath of the yeah. Free State being founded. And that's something that really stuck in my craw. And listening to that podcast, I always kind of, I had an idea that that's kind of what happened. And the role of the woman, even when we were growing up in the 90s, still hadn't been like properly um, ironed out. But just that realisation, this is what's actually happened. Like, we strive for a free state for so many years, and when we got it, we fucked over most of our population. Fa- I found that fascinating. So, and, and none of that's taught in school. No, and I think as well, like the 20s in Ireland, that decade after independence, are not... There's huge unemployment, there's huge emigration, there's huge problems with, um, like in 1925, there's a very serious issue around where a famine is threatened, it doesn't materialise, but you've got a very serious issue, and obviously the famine having such an, it's such an emotive topic that the yeah. free state government have allowed this situation and they won't intervene and it's it's, um, as, it's as close to that time as world war ii is now so like it's quite prevalent in people's minds and then aside from that then there is this i guess what you have in the 20s as well is a, a dispute over whose ireland this is you know so you have had a huge surge in trade union activism a huge surge in women's activism um where maybe orders that have existed say in 1914 have been threatened or questioned and in the 20s I think what you do get is a copper fastening yeah. of that old order again and it's got a green flag now but it's um, like it's about the middle class and the ruling class in Ireland trying to figure out what's going to happen because obviously you've had this change in power British administration has left some of the landlords that had a long time previously been very powerful people have also left and it's about Irish families now starting to take on that role and part of the, that process is to crush trade unions which they do yeah. uh, there's a series of strikes of uh, farm labourers for example in 1924 that are really violently put down in South Kildare and in Waterford um, then obviously the position of women and that's more about a, the cultural values of that's a I don't mean to write it off as a kind of a, just a cultural thing but yeah. the attitude of that ruling group of Cumann the Whale which are one of the parties that formed Fine Gael, essentially launched what I suppose in today's parlance would be called a war on women and where they strip women of most rights like to the point that they want to get them off juries they find out they can't really do that but they basically make it very difficult for women to sit on juries and they proudly, the very prominent member of that government was a guy called um, Kevin O'Higgins, who was the Minister for Justice, and he, he was eventually, he was assassinated in 1927, but he said that they were the most conservative revolutionaries ever to launch a successful revolution. So it wasn't, uh, I guess what I'm, I'm getting at is that it wasn't, they were very conscious about what they were doing. Yeah, they were driving back, they wanted, they, they wanted a political change in Ireland, but they didn't want absolutely no yeah. social changes. And, and, Jesus, and yeah. that's the thing. When you when you actually hear that, like, and and that's like, 
the thing is it's just not prominent in modern Ireland it's not being taught in modern Ireland and, no. so, and, and the thing is it's the thing to have and it's something that but that's, not, be, that's not glorious like that's but not no, just no. Yeah. and the thing but it's, it's, it's like British history British history isn't glorious but it's rewritten to be glorified yeah. and I, I think the thing is we're, we're entering a, a very unknown era now coming up with Brexit and all that and about border polls and all this kind of crack that if we do end up with United Ireland the reaction to us getting a free state needs to be like prevalent in the mind like historians like yourself need to be prevalent to fucking say like this is how we did it wrong in the past make sure we do it right this time if we are going to do it make sure we respect fucking even even unionist rights if it's going to be United Ireland or whoever it is women minorities make sure that they all have equal rights because we fucked people over in the past you know and let uh, them and celebrate July 12th and all this kind of stuff I think all these things are going to be I think yeah. actually history as we move into what's probably going to be a really conflicted period not just in Ireland across the world you can see the yeah. rise of the right in a way that certainly you haven't possibly seen since the 30s in the way that it's kind of been reconstituted and the ideas and I think history is actually going to become more and more important because people are going to start claiming yeah. history and manipulating history to their own ends as they did in the 30s and I think that's why history is going to become more and more important and you see it actually in Irish history that Irish history is used less so actually here but more so internationally so like the alt-right in America Alabama it's like, been so prevalent this week in Alabama. I, Irish people didn't have abortion until last year, and that, and it's been championed, as opposed to the fact that we actually now have uh, women have now have the right to abortion. Yeah. We've actually progressed, but they're claiming that because we had it up till this point, that we were progressive. Did you see that stuff? No, I didn't see that at all. So uh, all these Republicans, uh, uh, not all Irish Republicans, American Republicans, champion the fact that a country like Ireland um, had banned abortion to a certain point. Okay. They're now saying that actually this is an indication that Alabama are justified in what they're doing, when actually yeah. in fact we've taken that away. Yeah, and like even you would see it like saying race relations in the U.S. Irish history is used an awful lot. So like there's an uh, an argument that would be put forward, and it's not always from a regressive uh, point of view, but generally that's where it comes from. Is this idea, say for example, that the famine was a genocide? Right? And, like Irish historians have pretty flatly not only rejected it but like proved that this isn't the case they've gone through and the evidence is just not there that like sort of for example to have a genocide you have to have an attempt to exterminate a population yeah. British government do something absolutely appalling in Ireland in the 1840s no one doubts that but that's yeah to understand it you have to go what were they doing it's not a genocide they weren't trying to exterminate the population they were trying to massively change Irish society in a really brutal way but uh, people try and argue it's a genocide and then what they do with that argument is go they will turn around to say Jewish Americans or Jewish people and say you had your holocaust so did we but we got over it and we don't talk about it so just you know stop get over it like yeah. and the big one that's used against is say um, African Americans yeah. where people who bring up slavery and they go oh well we had this terrible event uh, you know, Irish Americans and we just pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps in the American way, blah blah blah. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. Or there was Irish slavery in the yeah, American Exactly. Yeah, yeah. These things where they, they use history and his history in Ireland to justify all sorts of stuff in the present day and the history they use is a fantasy. But that's why I think history is gonna become more and more important yeah. and who owns history and what is history is going to become more and more important yeah exactly who's the teller who, yeah. like, who, told, us, who told the story you know yeah absolutely so basically education needs to reform <laughs> is what i'm getting from that it's tough though isn't it like yeah. you know, it is, it, like like it is tough to reform that to like 
whose whose story do you want to tell? You know as well, like I, you know as in. Yeah, but I think that's part of it. It's like that there's not, there's no one history, and like I have my views of the world, and that obviously shapes the way when I read something exactly. what I take from it. Yeah. But I don't think that mine is right. It's a yeah. perspective. No, yeah, the yeah. problem is you're getting people going. There's only one perspective, and yeah. it's this. And whenever anyone says that, they're wrong because yeah. you can't have one perspective yeah. on history. Exactly. Like, like you as an Irish person, like like you're you are prejudiced against the English. Like as a, well, you know, as, no, don't say that about me. Trying to fucking set a podcast. No. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm saying you're you are you are like oh, you're, yeah. like you're well, the, the you're, you're, like, you came from the gentry. Like well, like you're the Irish it. like you're the Irish history podcast. Like yeah. you are like you know as in like as 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 um as unbiased as you want mm-hmm. to be. Like there is always like there is always going to be that bit yeah. in your mind where you're like you know like and here's another thing they did which they did but well like it's very hard to get the perspective of like the English as to you know what they were being told at the time and you know what yeah. you know or the experience of say uh, an English soldier in uh, yeah, yeah, or, and, and, and context and time is something that you just cannot simply put across like you can never put across what the context of that era and time was no. effectively um, no that was a lovely chat but usually we start off our podcast by talking about what we're drinking and we actually went into way more depth there than I anticipated so I'll kick it off uh, it's not usually it's what are you drinking tonight but we're here it's like what a lovely Saturday at 3 o'clock and we're here having a pint in, <laughs> yeah. in the beer garden Billy Barnes Bar is a great bar in Kilkenny by the way if you are in Kilkenny I, I highly recommend coming here so today I am drinking a Leash beer uh, as an ode to my fiance Neve, uh, who's from County Leash and um, by the way something that I picked up off Finn's podcast was that the Walches my surname is Walsh kicked the Fitzpatrick's her surname out to Kenny and sent him up the leash <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome um, I'm drinking a 12 acres pale ale 4.6% a lovely pale ale it's basically it's one of the first craft brewers that I ever drank and really liked it's got a lovely sweet maltiness to it at the start and then uh, just the, the lovely fruity citra hop comes through it's fucking delicious 4.6% you can drink it all day uh, really like it and 12 acres they grow all the malt themselves in their farm I think oh, uh, and 12 oh. acres is actually the name of the brewery is called after one of their fields so like I come from an agricultural background all our fields are named after what size they are they yeah. obviously do the same that's the 12 acre field uh, 12 acres brewery so. wow that's really good lovely bit of Irish beer history there <laughs> uh, Owen what are you drinking today uh, I'm on uh, Costello's Beyond the Pale Pale Ale um, so nice uh, beyond the pale. Another like, his- historical nod to the name of that beer there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, God. Uh, so like, just when we started before we, uh, before Finn was here, we were kind of tipping away into these beers, and uh, like my first sup on this, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is like it's a, it's a really different yeah. tasting beer. It's really like tropical. I'd say kind of like grapefruits, melons, kind of things like that. Like it's it is. Um, it's, yeah, it's really nice. I and, had a sip. Uh, I got a heap of stone fruit off it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, nice to like kick them off and stuff off it. But uh, yeah, I, r- I recommend it. I, I actually don't know. I think it's about a, I think it's around the four percenter mark. But uh, yeah, it's, it's delicious. Nice though. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Finn, what are you on yourself? I'm drinking twelve acres. Uh, at the moment. Yeah, same as myself. Same as yourself. Yeah. I'll just defer to yours. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll uh, differ on one point. Like. I can't drink 4.7% all day. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but you're like, you'll have two or three of them. And I wouldn't mind, we had a few cans of the Yellow Belly Super Soaker there, or at the Yellow Belly and Wicklow Wolf collaboration that was brewed in Bray and Wicklow. So I keep calling it Yellow Belly. I, I know. Sorry, sorry, Quincy. Um, so we had a few cans of that we're going to give we're going to give Finn one as well. Yeah, Just of course as a gift. Because um, it's lovely. It tastes like a super split ice cream. Can't wait for that. Um, so, right, lads, that's been the intro, and we've got some of uh, some hard line questions for Finn coming up. <laughs> so, 
and we're back in the room. We've had our piss breaks, we've refilled our pint glasses, and uh, we're back here with Finn Dwyer, the Irish History Podcast. And uh, Finn, we've a couple of questions lined up for you that we're all going to try and answer ourselves to our own, um, give our own answers on, but you'll be the expert on it because some of them are history related. Uh, first one, and we want to do this one fairly quickly, we don't get in too much depth of it because the, the later on ones are much more entertaining to people who want to have pints. But the first question is what it so. It's nearly an impossible question to answer for someone who has, has as much in-depth knowledge as you have. For us, it's easy because we have take on this kind of stuff. What do you think is the most significant moment in Irish history, for example? Famine. Famine. Great answer. And you've just spent three years talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to talk anymore about it. Yeah, I, I, so do you think that was the trigger for Irish Free State? I don't think you would have had... Well, sorry. I think after the famine, hmm. you could argue that a war of independence is inevitable at some point. Yeah. That you're going to get a large section of the Irish population are disenfranchised from uh, the United Kingdom. And also probably more importantly though, that's you know, here and there, more importantly you get an enormous Irish American community yeah. who end up funding the war of independence. Um, and you don't get that in other places. Yes, where you have this relatively successful by say in 1920 you know, they've moved out of the slum and they're now starting, like they run New There's York. Probably the Irish people, like, yeah. They're yeah. not running New York, but like they're, they're making a lot of money yeah. and they're sending that money back. And that is a, it also means probably, I don't know, you could argue as well, the War of Independence has obviously been reported on in New York. Yeah. And the British government are aware of that. And you know, things like this do, do matter. Like, like, but I do think that it's not just that, like the famine, the out Ireland is wrecked after the famine and so the whole kind of nature of society that we live in or that maybe our grandparents lived in emerged out of that so like you can actually go pre-famine Ireland is a really different place that's funny because I'm actually reading a book at the moment um, I only started reading it last weekend that is um, Ireland 50 years before the famine and it's after the the previous uh, rebellion that Wolf Vaughan and um, Napertani and all those that started Um, it's uh, his from Garrod or something Oh, that's awful I can't remember his name but it's a really good book I've, I've read the, and it's, it's it's about like how even like prominent unionists have changed their tone um, because they can see it's coming so the famine obviously like in the build up to the famine there's like um, Ireland is starting to, to, to like from my interpretation of this book Ireland is starting to like go back at ease after the last rebellion with being part of the United Kingdom and then the famine fucks them over is that is that your take on it? Well like say if you were born in a Ireland in 1825 when you're like say 18 the big political movement of the day is Daniel O'Connell's repeal movement right and everyone thinks oh Daniel O'Connell's great Irish nationalist now he was in his own right but he's not what we would call an Irish nationalist or certainly not an Irish yeah. Republican so what the loyal and it's called it the loyal repeal association what they want is a repeal of the act of union but that Ireland will stay within the British Empire. So home rule. Yeah, essentially home rule. But the loyal thing refers to being yeah. loyal to the crown. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not like these people, and they're absolutely opposed to any kind of uh, armed struggle at all. Yeah. Like to the point that they claim to be pacifists, but in 1848, when someone else tries to launch a rebellion, they actually physically attack the young Irelanders. Like, oh, yeah. like Daniel O'Connell is one of. That's probably another argument. But I think Daniel yeah. O'Connell is a man who's like big up in Irish history but there's a lot of questions over people over Daniel O'Connell particularly his role during the famine I think uh, 
argument for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I think, sorry, my point though is that was the demand in at the, the time. At the time. Mm. Whereas if you go to the 1860s, 1870s, the 1880s, they're small but growing. You had the Fenians, who obviously yeah. want something totally different. And it's all arms and it's non secular. Yeah. Not, and they have, but they also they have no interest in a negotiation. Yeah. Negotiation of will Ireland be like a dominion? Like it's like exactly. Ireland must leave the United Kingdom, must leave the empire. Yeah, and it's and like Daniel O'Connell's are like, it's a Catholic wants to create a Catholic Ireland. Uh, the Fenians in the early generation of them believe that the church should have no role in Irish politics. Yeah, that if you want to go to church, that's fine, but politics stops at the door. And they don't, and you, you get this tension between the church, do not like them, they call them godless nobodies. Yeah. Because. There you go. Well, the church, there's a. There's a <laughs> it looks like that's a You could actually that. argue, actually, the most significant thing in Irish history is actually the church. Irish yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Maybe, maybe that could be Owen's answer. Owen, what's your answer? Most significant moment in Irish history? I suppose uh, mine is probably just a, a boring one. Um, and I suppose it is just the, the 1916 Rising. Um, and I suppose it maybe it is kind of like how much you're kind of told about it and like the, the history that you have behind it but like I think it like for me it's just like a group of lads you know who you know want to change uh, Ireland for what it is no like there's a bit of martyrdom about the whole thing isn't there like you know it's in like you know they know, they know they're going to like this they're going to lose like they're like most of them are going out to die like you know and for me like I think that like for me that's just like quite symbolic and I read um, there about actually sure it's three years ago now 1916 I read um, Joe Duffy's book which was The Children of the Rising and again like it was just like the I think it was 40 40 children died during uh, the 1916 Rising and uh, the kind of like you know the stories behind uh, life again kind of what I was saying about like the Romans earlier on like you know as in like it's actually, a, it's, it's, not actually like, it's not actually it's not actually like the it's not actually like the significant events, but like you know it's mm. it's like that background behind it, but like how they were living, how they were living in like you know kind of squalor at the time, and uh, you know lads run up and down like uh, O'Connell Street or uh, what's the name of O'Connell Street at the time? Sackville Street. Sackville Street at the time. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, like again, like the like kids just run up and down, and like I don't know for me anyway, I think. Uh, like it is a short and it is I suppose it is a bit a classical Irish answer but like um, yeah it's, it just it just it just speaks to me I suppose yeah very good I suppose if I was to pick one and I, even there I've, I've written this question down about three weeks ago and I've three weeks to think about it I haven't and then I've asked you both and I haven't really thought about it <laughs> so I'm really putting myself Italian on the spot 90. yeah absolutely <laughs> well I think I was born during Italian 19 <laughs> yeah maybe uh I think, yeah, I, I, I think there's legitimate arguments for those. I think the famine is probably, probably the right answer. Like, let's defer to the historian. Like, you defer yeah. to me on the beer, and I'm not a beer expert. <laughs> but um, yeah, the famine. But gen- genuinely, I think there are some serious, um, seriously significant points in Irish history that are quite significant. I, I probably would think um, the the signing of the treaty when the uh, half of them walked out of the Doyle. I think that's highly significant and I think that's that's probably the most significant thing in the history of the Republic of Ireland um, certainly as a single event yes like as in mm. one day um, in the way that they did that or and, the ramifications of that and I, I, don't, I don't think the people that walked out realise what damage they're going to do to the future of the country and what 
Uh, we will disagree on politics. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, no, that's just that's my political view on it. Possibly, it's a, it's yeah. Not a historical. I, I, I think if they realised what was going to come down the line, maybe if they realised the consequences, some of them wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gotten as much support. I don't know. And then again, that's given context. I didn't have the time. I don't know how they felt, but I definitely think walking out after the signing of the treaty completely, f- it led to the civil war, it fractionated the whole country. And I don't think we've recovered fully since, personally. I know you probably have a complete opposite opinion, but... I I don't know if that's... That framed the Civil War. But I do think the Free State Government were extremely provocative yeah. in the Republic. And there was a series of attempts to repair that in the six months afterwards. And then the IRA met a convention after that, and about 70% of the IRA rejected the treaty. And I think if you look at it from their perspective, they were the world guys who redid the fighting and potentially the dying. Yeah. And then all these politicians who've come from, as maybe some of them would say, like these like guys in suits who like didn't do it. Like whether it's true or not, Carl Brewer said of Michael Collins going, "When you fire a shot in anger, you send people to do your killing." Yeah. Whereas like that guy had been shot six times or something. You know, he's like, yeah. I, I, I have seen this and I know what it is. The 50 cent of Irish politics. <laughs> 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 but I, there, there, maybe you can understand that, you know, that perspective. 100%, gone, yeah, yeah. Like, and... and I, I'm not weighing in on one side as to what I think is right or wrong, but I do think, like, that the symbolism of people, like, we finally signed a treaty to blah 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 but then the fact that so many of them are like this was not the end goal and it's 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 it's, it's one that but it's, it still exists in the modern Irish politics I think it, the, the, maybe the problem yeah. is more with modern Irish politics that, yeah like, I think that's pretty much it like, like we're living in a world framed by that conflict like which is odd like, you know, because it's 90 years ago there's no doubt it ended and it ended very clearly and the fact that you've got two parties that like you know, the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael both kind of dog whistle to like their side in the yeah. civil war, which is like you could like put a, like a piece of paper between the two of them on so many other issues. Yeah, like you know, like what is you know, it's kind of odd that we don't have that left right. Socially, socially, they're the exact same. Yeah, like yeah. socially, there's no difference. But it's, it's funny, like you know, like for a lot of issues, they do sing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you know? could even yeah. see yeah. over the two of them yeah. split. You know, like they can't yeah. come up with a common position. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, I think it's more like that's what. Like you could maybe argue that, like I suppose, Fine Gael do represent that wealthier constituency, and yeah. Fianna Fáil do maybe in rural Ireland yeah. can appeal to uh, that you know smaller farmers mm. and the like, quote unquote, more demand the people. And um, but like I'm, like, I'm yeah. I'm no fan of Fianna Fáil, but I'm just saying, mate, there is probably a social economic difference to a degree in terms of our voters. But like, like we've seen what Fianna Fáil did to the country. We can see today what Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael yeah. are doing. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's not great either side, is it? No. Like, like no. that's the problem. We don't have. Yeah. There's no left, right. Like you get, like you look at, like say, British politics at the moment. You have the Tories on one side and Labour. It's too extreme. Yeah, yeah. And you can see there's a big difference, yeah. and yeah. they represent different groups of people in hmm. England. Like you know, yeah. and to a lesser extent in Scotland, it's England and Wales. They represent two different groups of people with two very different outlooks in the world. Whereas here, like after this election, you just get people returned and it's like, why, what is the difference between these two? 
there's absolutely none like absolutely none it's, it's, but then it's at bad. the same time though like like the, like that extreme is like not the best either like you no, know what I'm saying? Like, no, yeah. like bipartisanship in like the states let's say like where you have just like two like That's two, any two, two parties presence. and you have like you know it, like it literally is like like extreme right or extreme left like you know is it do you know well I would think in England say where you talk about that like like I know it's a British system but like I think England is where that divide yeah. between the Tories and Labour is really clear because obviously in Scotland the SNP dominate yeah, yeah. in the north it's very different it's again very different yeah. and like in Wales I suppose it is slightly different but I do think like what the Tories represent in England is like particularly these days it's horrible it's, yeah. and like Labour have gone back more to what and like people say Jeremy Corbyn is an extremist if you actually look at what Jeremy Corbyn that platform that Labour are putting up now 30 years ago that is like pretty mild social democracy absolutely they're not yeah. like yeah like it's compared quite, to Derek Hatton like and these kind of lads like, you know it's, it, it, it's, it really it's quite is. mild yeah. like it's not like and I think a lot of the thing is the way it's framed yeah and like I think the political spe- spectrum has moved to the right so now someone argued like if you go back say 100 years to what social democrats people like Jeremy Corbyn argued like they argued like basically it's burned the whole thing down yeah like whereas today Jeremy Corbyn goes get the rich to pay a bit more tax yeah 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 let's not burn the poor in the absolutely yeah and he's considered to be this like extremist like yeah like, and I think the, the big problem in that situation is there for all the talk about Corbyn being an extremist British politics can produce way worse extremism and I, don't, I wouldn't say I don't mean worse but like Look far more extreme yeah yeah exactly yeah. like that is I don't think Corbyn is a danger in England right. the danger yeah, is yeah. Our look at the, look the, 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 the lad that's been covered like, yeah. in milkshakes every week yeah yeah anyway they banned milkshakes in Edinburgh today so. yeah I saw that yeah, I thought it was brilliant <laughs> uh, well brilliant I was going to say like some, just, surely someone can make a homemade milkshake anyway <laughs> I've been looking into milkshake recipes <laughs> anyways moving on um, so Owen I'm going to come to you with this first give Finn a bit of time to think uh, which historical figure would you love to play in a feature film Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, fuck. actually I'm not even prepared for this one I'm trying um, to think. who did the most goosing uh, which Irish historical figure would I no it's not even Irish just anyone Oh. I'm not confining it to this country because you've done a lot of Irish history Let's uh, let's broaden our horizons, but it can be an Irish person. Um, <laughs> Finn's head is melted. His head is absolutely melted. I remember you've got full CGI and makeup, so you don't need to look like him. Like it can be a female even. Um, who would I go for? Um, maybe like Attila the Hun. Like he's a yeah, he's he, he's a he's a mad bastard now. In fairness, like you know. Um, yeah, I, I think you could pull it off as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you have it at the glint in your eye, like. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like uh, like I, I I actually don't know much about like Italian history or whatever, yeah. but uh, like he actually like our like, history in general, as you proved his, today. Our history in general. <laughs> but, as you uh, both proved. Uh, but I think so. If you're playing playing someone in yeah. a, like a, in an historical film, I think like he would definitely be one that you go for like I think like just like like mad like I think it'd be kind of Cal Drogo-esque like you know it'd be mad bastardish so basically you just want to go around topless with a ponytail <laughs> yeah 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 riding young ones and smashing lads like yeah, yeah. fair enough look yeah I'll, I'll accept it 
Yeah, I think I'll yeah. Have you answered Finn or do you want me to go first? You go first. Uh, I'll keep thinking. I haven't that. thought about it either. That's <laughs> the Serious preparation was into this no-cast. Um, so, I genuinely, for I was, when I had framed it in this thoughts of an Irish person, I would have went with the Countess because I think, like, you know, I'd have rocked the old hat that she wore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could do the Pretty female cool attire, accent like as well. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, Sligo Castle seems sound like. Yeah. Do you know, it's a good setting if you get on a good day. If it's in the winter now, you'd be shite like, but Sligo Castle seems sound. And as well, your husband's fucked off, so you can kind of do what you want. Mm. He's kind of jibbed you off to France. Um, so maybe the Countess, but if you're going outside of Ireland, um, oh, it is really tough. I'm trying to think now. Your man was sound. Actually, I wouldn't mind being Abe Lincoln. He'd be yeah, a bit of shot at the end, though. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you, you get that, you, you get that cool like ending to the film as well. Yeah, though, like, you know, shot at, you do get shot at the end. Oh, it depends what your t- like. If you're Carl Brewer, you've been shot six times. <laughs> 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 so, like, do you know? At least he only gets shot once. Like, yeah. You know? um, you've a class speech as well, like. Yeah, you, you get do. to deliver that yeah. monologue, you know. But I suppose, yeah, I suppose you do. Oh, score! <laughs> but would, you're not smart enough to deliver it. <laughs> um, there's a few. There's, uh, look, there's some great characters throughout history. Um, Joe, I'd love to. Joe, I'd love to play because she goes missing. Oh yeah, have I got a, some sort of cross-dressing face or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Amelia Earhart be a gas one. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mystery to the end. Good mystery to the end. Yeah, I could just fly off into the distance. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah. yeah. And she was a pioneer, like you said, you know. She was a bit cracked. No. What, oh, pioneer? Clu- she was to drink, was it? No, the pioneer of flight. <laughs> uh, and Christopher Columbus would be a good one, because he's like the original David Attenborough. Yeah, I mean, fucking killed the little bit. Genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> the genocide. Like, we're, 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 writing, we're writing this through a British historian's eyes. Okay, and yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to say he was sound, and then Columbus sailed cool, the ocean cool. blue. Yeah. Uh, Fane, have you anyone? So I grew up in a butcher shop. Right, yeah. I love where this is going already. Uh, have you seen Gangs of New York? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis and that with that... Uh, oh, the, 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 the belt. <laughs> the belt of like a cleaver <laughs> and a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and a glass eye with the eagle yeah. on it. I don't want to say it's been done, but it has been done. <laughs> I reckon I could do it better than Daniel Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're listening to Daniel Day, which I'm sure you are, <laughs> Finn's kicking out there. He's absolutely body generally. Uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, you're playing your man from the Gans of New York. Now, uh, I'm not going to lie. The old arthritis flare-up that I've had in the last few weeks means I'm on certain medication, which means I need to take a quick piss. So I'm going to pause this now. I'm going to come back. What I think is the greatest question that's ever been asked on a snowcast. <laughs> so it sounds... Right, lads, thanks for being with us while we emptied our bladders and we're back in the room and uh, we're here joined myself, DJ Owen, joined by Finn Dwyer, the Irish History Podcast and lads, going to go around with us now and we're going to try and figure out for each of us three historical figures from anywhere in the world at any point in time in history that you would love to join at the one table and have a couple of pints with. Are we talking three each or just like We go three, three fuck it, we go three each like, and <laughs> So, because if you pick one each, it could be the worst mix ever. Like, so, uh, Owen, I'm going to go with your first historical pick first, right? Who, do, who, someone from history that you would love to sit down, would join us here in Billy Burns this evening and have a pint with? Uh, Martin Cal, the general. <laughs> 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 right? I think he'd be a fucking serious. Like, I think he'd be a serious session head. Like, yeah, but I don't think his session will be confined to pints. 
No, no, probably. <laughs> you might not survive that either. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like you know, it's contentious enough. I probably wouldn't like, but I'd, uh, I, I'd say, I'd say he'd be a good crack now. Like you know, you get a good few stories from him. Like you know, like you know how he evaded the guards, things like that. Like I think, yeah. I think. I think you know, like in terms. I'm of not sure I'm joining you on this. Like, no, I'm not sure I'm coming for that fight. Like, but I think I think he'd be a good crack now. Like, I think I think you know he'd be one he'd be one of those lads that you know he tell you a few stories overnight and be like, go away, you didn't do that, you know, you fu- you, you're some fucking chancer. And go, I did. I fucking threw surprises to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fucking checking him for hammers and stuff like before he came in for the fight. But look. Martin Gall. I think Martin Gall in general. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna one. call rank here because I'm hosting this one. I'm gonna move on. Number one. I Finn. Who's your first person from history? You're gonna invite for your your session. And you can't invite the famine. Or, <laughs> or Daniel Day Lewis. You can waste this one on anyone because like, we have two more coming up. Okay, uh, <laughs> Michael Davitt would probably be an interesting Michael one. Michael Davitt would be a very interesting one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if he. Was he a teacup or possibly? So, so uh, a, a version of Michael Davitt who goes on Maybe the Maybe he wasn't, I have this idea some, for some reason in the back of my head that Michael Davitt was a bit of a teacup. So, I read the. I, I basically I went to buy my future mother in law the book The Hurlers and then. Um, Accidentally read three quarters of it in the bookstore in Kilkenny or in Waterford uh, one day before I bought it for her. And uh, you know, he seems, he seems like a really interesting chap, like, yeah, for sure. Mm. Like, just for a guy who lived like for an arc of like, yeah, all the things he went through, I'd say he'd also have, I'd say, a few mad stories about uh, the land league and like, yeah, how landlords that needed to be dealt with that were dealt with. Absolutely. I'm gonna I, I actually have a better one. Go on, no. no, no Michael David. Michael David's gone. Michael, thanks a million, but the cup <laughs> there's a table over there with a cup of tea on it. We're gonna have a pint with someone else now. <laughs> someone who was present at the man trust the murders. So this is the thing, I'm literally that's my next podcast to go on to okay. so I haven't heard him yet, so I, I Do I have sixty seconds to explain it? You have fucking yeah. we're, I'm here till six o'clock. So. <laughs> Eight and eighty two community Mam Trasna, Mayo Galway border, under, no, it's not one of the most remote, it's a very remote place. One night, a group of, somewhere was it, 10, 20, I can't remember exactly how many did it, turned up at someone, at, at the Joyce family in that, and brutally massacred the entire family, uh, from, I can't remember what the youngest was, all the way up to an eight year old woman. It's just Finn Derrick giving spoilers away on his next series of podcasts. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that But no one really knows why, why that happened. And so I, you reckon after a couple of jars they had spilled? Yeah, yeah, apparently they were all heavily inebriated on that night anyway. But like, it's one of those big mysteries about I, what, like, because it shocked the world about what happened there. And then what the, do you think happened? Do you reckon it was over a gate opened onto a lane the wrong way? No, I think, I think that family, someone in that family, had done something horrific in that community. And because if you think about it, what, what are they trying to do when they killed their whole family, they're trying to like wipe out memory, everything, like any. Yeah, like where so some people say, oh, he was a tout, the father. But they just they could find him yeah. working in a field on his own and kill him. And I don't know. Just part of me would wonder: was there some like 
sexual abuse or like we don't know like you know and, like I, I, you know you're saying that it's but like conjecture something, something <laughs> yeah. of that like nature that like the community found absolutely abhorrent and they were like and we have to do this like, yeah. it could have just been that like he was over the fire without and they all got drunk and but I don't mm. know it just seems it's a very unusual it's thing a bit or, or is it something that the killer themselves has done and that there's potentially like that you know covering their tracks covering the tracks yeah, like, the, tracks. Know, the, whole, like the, yeah, the whole like, family might have okay. Okay. Morgan, they know who you're going to get another series out of this now fuck yeah that's a good one uh, I haven't come on to your, <laughs> your series on that yet so I know nothing about it uh, who would I my first one um, my oh Jesus I'm going to go with Harry the guy Aidan Quinn plays in Collins Harry I can't think of his surname now because I'm about six points in the guy Aidan Quinn plays oh, in Collins Harry, Harry, Harry Boland will be my first one because oh, yeah. because naturally the link between Collins and then the divide afterwards so I'd love to get Harry Quinn Harry Boland drunk Harry Quinn that's my grandfather's name that's why I'm so confused I'd love to get Harry Boland drunk and find out like what basically get an in-depth analysis of his um, thoughts at the time and it links into my previous answer as well so it's nicely rounded so Owen your second historical figure around this table of mythical points uh, I think Joseph Mary Plunkett yeah go for him like I think uh, I, I, I would say I, I would counter that with Grace Gifford would probably be a better point but yeah well like I'd say two of them go, go for uh, they come together like. come together like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. come as a couple yeah, yeah. very limited time like you know at the, at the end yeah. they're together like but uh, yeah I think uh, like like for the, like for the, like so it's a night out like you know yeah and like you know Joseph himself like you know he's now a poet you know I tell you got no you know go on Joseph give us a poem <laughs> <laughs> you know? he probably write a poem about the session yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, like he on of Billy Burns <laughs> <laughs> but like e- even like just um like Kilmainham itself like even. Yeah. Like, to, like, like it's a haunting place. Like. It's a haunting yeah, place. Like true. that. Like that tour is absolutely amazing. Like break, they're not break, as good break. as any of Finn's tours now. Like no, 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 no. The second best tour. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In Dublin, but like again, like definitely, like the whole thing, like the like being shown the cells and um, like even the scratchings on the walls, uh, the chapel. Uh, and then fi- like the finally the wall outside, like where like it's like it is. Like it is actually eerie, like being in there. And I think, uh, I think as well, like linking back to what we were talking about earlier with school history and stuff like that. Joseph Mary Plunkett wasn't someone who was overly taught, like didn't come up in school textbooks that much. And then as you grow older and you start to learn like folklore songs, and obviously Grace is one of the like most popular Irish rebel songs and, and songs commemorating that time. He becomes a prominent figure of that era. Whereas in school, like he's not the Michael Collins the dev. He's not the like quote unquote sexiest character of the rising. But then his story with Grace Gifford is, is is one of the most celebrated ones in popular Irish songs at the moment. So it's yeah. good. It's good. It's, it's a good answer, and I'll, I won't give it to you. Finn number two for you. Who are you gonna Who are you gonna land in next to some random a person? Called, from, uh, yeah. Sonny O'Neill. Sonny O'Neill. Sonny O'Neill was reputedly the man who killed Michael Collins. Oh. So he could he could he could uh, set the record straight. Yeah. Did he? I think they, I think it was always the night he did it. Yeah. So, you, so you, are you gonna like snakily go on alcohol free beer for a few points <laughs> and like get him? Yeah. To get him to yeah. <laughs> and like GDPR is they, they're not familiar with GDPR, yeah. so they can record it all. Like um, Sonny O'Neill. Yeah. So and, and and is he like native to West Cork or? Yeah. And I 
As far as I know, Sonny O'Neill had been a marksman in the British Army, so he did actually fit. Fuck. I th- I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that, like, he would have been able to. Like He had the skill set. also like Emmett Dalton, he was in the car with Collins. Yeah. There's someone who could, like, you know, there's always those theories that we put around that Collins was really drunk at the time. And that he insisted on getting out of the car when they were saying just stay in the car because he was an armored car, you know, so just yeah. sit there, you'll be fine. And Collins were, oh, I'm gonna go out and like, and there's someone who was present, Sonny O'Neill, did he, did he actually pull the trigger? Pull the trigger, did he see him fall? And the thing is, the guy that pulled the trigger, at the end of the night. yeah, the guy that pulled the trigger knew he pulled the trigger as well, like, you know. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. That that's a brilliant answer. Uh, I'm my second one is going to be uh, Robespierre. Uh, I mean, be, that would be a night. That'd be a fucking point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think he was fond of the old booze as well. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, like half his theories were based on drunken ramblings. Apparently, so yeah, where that night would end up, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I I'm slagging you over Cahill. Like Robespierre was a much more badass than Martin Cahill was. Like. But I just think like we've speak, spoken about revolutions, we've spoken about all this, and an awful lot of Irish revolutionary theory came from France at a certain time as well. And Rothschild was behind a lot of that. And I just think like I'd love to get his insight into that area period of time and what drove him on. And I think after a few jars, he'd be like fucking giving it like Viva la Revolution and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Like and Sacre Bleu. Um, Rothschild would be a wild night out. Oh, I'd say so, yeah. So who did I go first again? I'm after forgetting already. Uh, you went for... <laughs> this is terrible. Like, <laughs> heading back, you can... <laughs> we could fix this if we edited normally. I can't remember who we went for first, but I ain't going with Rose here anyway for my second one. Hey. This is brilliant. Like, we did cans on the train of ruined us for yeah, remembering yeah. what we've talked about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Rose Bear number two, anyway. My, my, mine, is, mine is a lot livelier than I thought it would be now already, straight away. Yeah. Oh, and number three. Uh, JFK. You can go for John F. Kennedy just to see. Like I think, like there's a lot of crap. I'd say, like I just want to get the kind of behind the scenes in the White House. You know, like what was the kind of crack in there? Yeah, like, and how, how was he like? Had Marilyn in one room and Jackie in the next and stuff. Like. Yeah, you know that kind of crack. Uh, and like you know, there's a lot of kind of like, uh, like I'd like to learn a bit, like a bit about like you know, kind of like the Cold War kind of like relations, like uh, you know, at that yeah, stage I'd, as I'd, well, like you know. I'd love to know how close they ever came to. Actually, actually pushing the button yeah yeah, yeah. I think I like, don't think it's nearly as close as people make it out I, th- I think as well like you know I'm saying like that's uh, come from a completely uninformed position oh yeah like, no but like do you know I think I think you have that, to imagine there was like back channels going yeah, on, like, yeah. I think like there's a lot of se- like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of secrets there that yeah. like you know n- never been released to the public and stuff and like same with like I suppose like the, you couldn't tell you who killed him though no, he couldn't. He maybe couldn't. he could. Maybe, maybe he yeah. actually knew. Fuck, John! For me at all. Fucking hell. For me, got a harsh rod, he there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I think he'd be like, and as well, like the kind of like he's a big fan of the Irish as well. Like, maybe good crack. Like with the Irish, like I think he kind of played that up a bit, like you know, on the night out as well. Like Obama uh, didn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he'd be, him, yeah. Um, modern day Obama, uh, non modern day Obama. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I think I think he'd be I think he'd be good crack as well, like on a night out, like you know. He's a, like, 
He seemed like he seemed a bit of a. <laughs> so, so basically, your night out is Martin Mar- 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 yeah. John F. Kennedy, and Mar- <laughs> Joseph Mary Plunkett. Joseph Mary Plunkett. <laughs> yeah. I look, but it's, it's that kind of thing. A country pub, you get random characters yeah. of all different uh, lineages coming into you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> right, Finn. Number three for you to go along with. So, so, so far we have a random member of that Mayo Galway community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number two was uh, Sonny O'Neill. Number three. Okay. This is my mic drop moment. Oh, yes, I'm yeah, waiting for this. Go, Rasputin. Oh! <laughs> a man fond of the drink. Yeah. Could potentially, like, move things on the other side of the ta- on, on the other side of the room just by the power of his mind. So you're you're talking about, like, a bit of entertainment, like? Uh, like, I would have just imagined that guy could tell you a lot of... Pre- yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he was actually just a very random or a very normal person. And if you got me in a room it's all been written by other people about him yeah. but I'd say a night out with Rasputin but look at what's your man uh, who's been the spoons you know oh, Yuri Geller Yuri Geller you like him so I'm going to go really left field with my last one and I'm going to go Buzz Aldrin because like basically like he's a quintessential second man like second person you know yeah he is and he isn't though isn't he because like he's like the second man on the moon but he's like 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 Neil Armstrong just fucking just ran like afterwards didn't he like he, yeah, he, he, want, he wanted no media attention or anything like he just he couldn't give it but like, that yeah. being said like who's heard about like do you know I, I, I who's heard about, we all have yeah. but at the same time like for years it was all Neil Armstrong like history books are all Neil Armstrong and who's the third man who's the third oh, man who's the third man do you know? Do you know the name? I have a clue. Yeah, it was yeah. Michael Collins, yeah. third man. He stayed. He stayed up in the. And I wouldn't mind, but Sonny O'Neill shot him fifty years old. Buzz Aldrin, I think, and, and and thing as well is like just his name, like growing up in the Toy Story era. Uh, Buzz Lightyear. I do, I just think like a session with him, get him. Who was my second? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! I I've had, I must have had terrible answers. Him, Robespierre, and uh, some other lad yeah. that I've come up with, and none of us can remember my first one. Would be a great session. Yeah. I'm convinced Buzz and Robespierre alone would be packed. Like. Uh, the Countess. The Countess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did we forget the Countess? Uh, Buzz. Yeah, that'd be. Sick. I reckon the Countess would drink any of us under the. I think the nine of them together, three of us. Good, good night out, like. The question is, how many be alive at the end of it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Robespierre probably okay, so. sitting there with a, like, a pile of heads. <laughs> Tell yeah. the way you put the, the money in the middle of the table, how long the best man speech is going to be. Yeah, be like, money in the middle of the table, who's the first person to murder someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be an interesting old session that now, I'd say. All right, and what would, you, what would your venue be, historical venue be? Oh, fuck. So, like, say, for example... Um, what was that wedding thing that was like the Irish equivalent of the Red Wedding? Oh, uh, the, in... In medieval Ireland. Yeah, the, the Birmingham's. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so imagine that wedding and they've just murdered everyone and you're there at that table of 12 people. You'd have to drink yourself dry. Like, you'd have like, to like trying to handle that situation. Yeah. You're just you're going, I, I don't want to deal with this now. Yeah, so basically the, the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones for listeners who aren't familiar with the Irish History Podcast Finn did a podcast based on like um, the Normans who basically uh, took out a whole rival family by framing them in a wedding, wasn't it? And they just The worst thing was that they were actually they were their mates Yeah Like they invited them into a, a, a feast Yeah And they just butchered them all 
Well, and like, then we're done with the feast. <laughs> but like, what, like your man George R. R. Martin has said like that. Uh, like a lot of Game of Thrones has been like associated with like history in general. Yeah. Like you know, like he's put I mean, like the Roses. Yeah, I was just going to say. Yeah. I, I read the book, The War of the Roses, and there's so many parallels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think of big families. Like, uh, can I ask you a question? Have you seen the theory that Westeros is Ireland turned upside down? It's oh, not a theory. It's not no, a theory. No, no. He's, he's confirmed Has he confirmed it? it? Oh, he's he confirmed the it, yeah. West Ro- The map of Westeros is basically Ireland inverted. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think it's... Uh, We've taught you something for once. Uh, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's from like King's Landing down or something like that. Yeah. It's Ireland. And then, but I think if you put England and Ireland... So England upright, Ireland like upside down. So Pentos and all them like is it? Is, it? is, yeah. is the map of... Is the map of... So if you join, yeah, if you join the, Ars, yeah, yeah. the Ars of England and the like the Ars of Ireland... Like, sure. say, if you put Cornwall down. and Antrim together... Uh, no, supported. no, no. Uh, if you if you join Cornwall and Cork, yeah, uh, it, it it forms it forms like yeah the map of uh, West like, uh, Yeah, obviously with him fucking hand sketching the thing like yeah, fairly good. Right, lads. So that's been there's been a lot of history chat there. I've got one last question for the lads, and it's uh, fairly it's got nothing to do with history, and it's fairly fairly messy. Right. So let's 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 create a scenario here. You're in a pub. And there's only one drink in the world that you've ever drank, and it's the last thing you ever want to drink. It's the only one drink you've ever had in your life, and it's the last thing you want to drink. And you can only drink that for the rest of your life. Your life isn't ending at this night. Oh, you have okay, to pick right. one drink, and that's all you can drink for the rest of your life. What? Baileys and milk. Baileys and milk. Baileys and milk. I would literally drink that. I would have that whole conference. Wait, we, 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 know, we know what the next round is. <laughs> Give us a background to, like, how, how, like, how did that get introduced into your life, Bailey's and Milk Like? I don't know, I'm gonna go out there and say that maybe. I'll give a filler for this. White Russians and they can't get a white Russian to the closest thing. Yeah, maybe, yeah. There's a story in my family of, like, my dad basically, so my parents were going out for the first time. My dad was invited back to mum's parents' house for after at the end of a work Christmas party. They met in work, and mum's family were having a work Christmas. We're having a Christmas party back at the house, and like my mother came up in like um, the north side of Cork City, like proper working class area. So dad's going there from a really rural background, South Kilkenny, and, and and going back to to north side of Cork City, and he's coming in like and basically himself and his mate are on like spirits for them since since fucking 10 o'clock so they're leery out and they get in and the only thing they can find is a bottle of Bacardi and a pint of milk oh so they spend the night drinking Bacardi and milk oh, oh. Jesus Christ like at least babies do yeah yeah it's milk based yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, like it, it'll it'll fucking amalgamate together like you know it'll work but <sighs> Yeah, so drink the Bacardi on its own, like, you know, like, No, he, apparently they just put Bacardi and milk in a glass together and drank it for the night, so yeah, my sure father's a sick for man. Like, yeah. Did you still marry him? Yeah, well I don't know. <laughs> I, there's there's queries about that as well, are they actually legitimately married? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I suppose for me, uh look like uh, like obviously you can't pick a fucking craft beer place because you're out farming and like you're not gonna get you, know, you're, you, you just won't drink that. You know, because, 
You're saying you have one drink left for drink. the rest of your life. For yeah. the rest of your life, right? Why so can't say, you be a craft beer? Finn's after picking Baileys and milk. <laughs> He's having Baileys and milk no. with his cornflakes, and then he's having Baileys and milk for his like with his lunch. No, but say say, say Finn's in uh, in New York, right? Finn could go to yeah. like an Irish pub in New York. And We're overthinking this question. And uh, <laughs> and he goes, oh, can I get Baileys and milk, right? And yeah. he would be able to get it, right? Yeah. But I can't go like, oh, can I get? Fucking castaway or something there by yellow belly. Ah, no, you're overthinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a much simpler question than what you're thinking. Basically, all like so, you've only one drink that you can pick, and you're drinking that for the rest of your life. But it's it's made available to you everywhere because of modern technology. Okay. okay. So like, there's just a generic tap in every pub in the world. Okay. And you just drink. and you just order a drink, and it just pours that into whatever glass you're to drink it from. So Finn's going up with his Bailey's glass, and they're just pouring Bailey's and milk from the tap in, oh. and you're going up and ordering yours. Maybe Castaway by Yellowbelly. Castaway by Yellowbelly. Mine, I can't believe you haven't chosen this. Oh. Puck Pilsner. Well, look, that's... that's. So basically, it's this craft it's this craft um, Pilsner that we used to drink in Phil Grimes' pub in Waterford. And basically, the guy that owns the brewery, just it was a hobby for him, and he just stopped doing it. So I have... The, I reckon... I have two bottles in the fridge at home that are about two years out of date, but we still have to drink them. Yeah. And I reckon they're the last That'd two That'd be bottles. a fun podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We might invite you down to water for that. <laughs> I reckon they're the last two bottles of Puck Pilsner on the planet. I reckon they'd be brilliant to drink. Yeah, I know they um, be. Listen, we've, we, we've got plenty of content there. I'm fucking so happy that we did this. Uh, Finn, thanks so much for your time. Brilliant. Really appreciate it. Listen, don't worry, we'll pay it. Next time we plan a trip to Kenny, we plan to <laughs> see if you're around. We'd love to have you on again at some stage. Uh, thanks so much for providing us with the Irish History Podcast. Absolutely love it. Uh, the Irish History Podcast is something that I contribute to on Patreon because I love it so much. So if you love the Snugcast, I'm going to ask you to please have a look at our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Snugcast. We've got tiers made up now and everything where you can donate what you want. You get benefits for those tiers. And uh, if you really like what we're doing, you want to see more of the video content and you want to see more of the documentaries that we've heard with and stuff like that, please uh, contribute to us on Patreon. We'd be more than happy to have you on board. Um, other things that, that? Yeah? I would just say I've been making podcasts for nine years and people don't appreciate yeah. what it takes to just make them and the cost involved so if you do have a couple of dollars go on to Patreon and give it to Snugcast because yeah. it really me. is really important to Thanks support man, yeah. uh, what two dollars a month will do for us it really is because I see it, it myself the, yeah, it really does like, it makes a world of difference and I mean like like I, I, I support you on Patreon and I, I give five dollars a month to the Irish History Podcast and I'm so happy to do it because what I get back for that is hours and hours worth of entertainment. So if you really like what the Snowcast is doing, and if you want more for what the Snowcast do, please do support us on Patreon. Really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the shout-out thing. It means the world to us. Um, also, if you're around Waterford next Saturday, our King stores were there 2 to 4. We're going to be tasting beer. We're going to have a lot of crack with that. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, that's what I'm actually really looking for. Uh, and, really and, and this is something that we haven't really done before. Yeah, it's our first uh, live event, really. Like, yeah. And... Uh, like I, I like I just really like we've had a good crack with the public in the past. Like just kind of all, them coming up to us in like after, pubs in uh, Waterford, yeah. up to yeah, and pubs in Waterford and stuff. But uh, this is like a full blown official event, and uh, yeah, we, we're, I'm really really looking forward to it. Like, uh, so guys, join us then. Absolutely, and all the usuals. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you like us, give us a five star rating. And if you don't, give us a five star rating anyway because you're sound. <laughs> and then um, yeah, just like share our content, share everything, tell your friends. Love you loads. Listen, we're going to have another couple of pints of Pilly Burns off here. I'm going to have a fucking bit of crack and uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. Thanks for listening to the Snowcast. Love you loads. And if you don't subscribe to the Irish History Podcast, please do. I've gone through about six years of it in a couple of months and it's been a brilliant journey for me. Irish History 
podcast no cast thanks a million Slán Chigga Fáil Slán Dave Finn Partmore for our listeners Slán yeah Slán Chigga look Slán Chigga Dave Glare and now clinking of the glasses for the Karamahagwith Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.